You're listening to the Podcast Insider, Episode 2. What's up, guys? It's Devin McDonald here, executive producer at Devenio Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Podcast Insider. It's episode two, and today I'm really excited to have Chris Graham join me. He's a podcast producer, a mastering engineer, an entrepreneur with several businesses, uh, and he hosts the weekly podcast, the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, along with his co-host, Brian Hood. Uh, Chris and Brian touch on a number of different issues and challenges faced by entrepreneurial audio engineers looking to make a living out of what they love to do, and that's make great music, and they're empowering them with business advice they won't be able to find anywhere else. Chris is super smart, really laid back. Uh, He provides some amazing insider tips on how to plan your podcast like a pro, and if you're looking to take your podcast to the next level, I'd really recommend listening to this episode twice or at least take some notes because the advice Chris gives is just incredibly powerful and it'll allow you to set yourself up for success. Now, I've always said that planning is the absolute key to success for podcasts. And whenever I see a podcast fail, nine times out of 10, that can be traced back to lack of proper planning. So in this episode, we're going to jump into the importance of identifying your audience and what their wants, needs, and their pain points and challenges are, how to generate a continuous flow of ideas for episodes based on those pain points, planning out each episode structure and scheduling, the power of outlining, and how to create snappy titles that draw the attention of your listeners. Um, These are all things that you should be considering before you record anything for your podcast. So let's not waste any more time and let's dive in. All right. So, Chris, thank you so much, first of all, for jumping on with me today. I really do appreciate it. I know you're a busy guy. Yeah, totally. It's my pleasure, man. Speaking of, of that, you being busy, you got, got your mastering business, you're publishing this weekly podcast. You got, what is it, three kids, I think? Yeah, you, three kids. Three kids, husband. You got you got all this going on. How do you, how well, you balance I actually, I actually have a wife, but. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, husband, <laughs> wife, kidding. you know, I, I can never assume anything in yeah. today's uh, day and age. It's all good. Oh, man. So, yeah, how are you juggling all this? Oh, man, that's the question. <laughs> so, for me, so I have all those things that I also have ADD. Okay. So, the balance and the counterbalance and having those all in the right spot is challenging for me. Kind of the biggest thing for me is to work with a timer. So, to say, hmm. I'm going to work on one of my websites for 30 minutes. And once 30 minutes is up, then I have to be done. And really just sort of employing Parkinson's law is that sort of Tim Ferriss, whatever, yep. however much time you have to do something is as much time as it's going to take you. So if you have a week, it'll take you a week. If you have a day, it'll take you a day. If you have an hour, it'll take you an hour. And That's great. So I just try to create false uh, deadlines for myself to stay disciplined. Yeah. The Tim Ferriss books are great. So it's great to see that in practice. You know, you actually using that in yeah. practice is great. I don't know so. how, I don't know how I would do anything <laughs> without, <laughs> without that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. So on the topic of the podcast, as one of the initiatives that you're working on on a weekly basis, you connected with Brian Hood, producer, engineer, mixer. Why don't you go into a little bit about the story about how you connected with him uh, and how the Six Figure Home Studio really came to be into existence? Yeah. So I was going to a weekly mastermind meeting of other audio engineers, specifically like bloggers and podcasters and YouTubers and stuff like that. 
And we would meet once a week through Google Hangouts or Zoom or, you know, something like that. And uh, we would just sort of talk about industry-specific stuff, but also what we were struggling with to grow our own businesses. And it was great. And Brian was friends with one of the guys, and he got invited to come. And uh, I did a little bit of research on him, read some of his blog posts, and just immediately was like, oh, my gosh, this guy is awesome. Like, we're both uh, really heavily into sort of like the whole freedom via entrepreneurship thing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we're also both complete suckers for a good spreadsheet. (laughs) And uh, so we started hanging out through the group, and then we met at a trade show, uh, NAM, down in Nashville, let's see, about a year and a half ago. And uh, I stayed with him and we just hit it off and just looked at spreadsheets and (laughs) it was really fun. We just had a natural chemistry and uh, he invited me to uh, start a podcast with him. There was a spinoff of his blog. He had a blog called The Six Figure Home Studio, which was a blog specifically for people that are trying to either do audio full time or that are struggling to balance running a good business and do something, you know, provide a service at the same time. And there was nothing else like that in the marketplace as far as uh, there were no resources, business resources, if you will, in our industry. So we started doing it and it just sort of blew up and it's been, it's a whole lot of fun. That's great. That's a great story. So, you know, we've been talking about your busy schedule and you talk on the podcast a lot about opportunity costs, which is a huge thing. So with this idea of opportunity cost and everything else that you have going on, what would you say, what was the defining factor where you said, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to jump in. Let's give this podcast thing a shot. What was the inciting incident for you? Mostly, this is not like probably the answer that I should give, but the answer is it just sounded like fun. (laughs) You know, it was like Brian and I really hit it off and talking to somebody else about like business stuff. How do you grow a business? How do you start a business? How do you market a business? How do you measure your growth? and come up with activities that will spur that growth and grow your growth. And so to just like have somebody to digest what I was learning, one of my big hobbies is I read business books constantly. And so does Brian. Um, So to have someone to digest what I was learning was just really appealing. And the thing that was probably the most interesting component for me was that the only people that would ever listen to a podcast about how to run a good business as a recording studio like how to be an audio engineer and a, a good small business owner, the only people that would listen are perfect customers for Chris Grand Mastering. So yep. every single person that subscribes to the podcast is a potential client for me. So all I got to do is share what I've learned about business for them and give them advice. And more and more people subscribe, more and more people download, and then more and more people hire me. So That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, so for me, it was like a no-brainer to sort of transition more from a paid marketing perspective. You know, at one point in time, I was spending over five grand a month on advertising. And Mm -hmm. uh, that was great, worked really, really effectively, but it's also a high risk activity. You make an investment, you're not sure if it's gonna pay off or not. Content creation, if you create a podcast that all your perfect customers will listen to, especially if it's the number one in the field and there's no other competitors, all of a sudden, like, you have this thing that can grow without you being there. I'm doing the same activity each week to record the podcast that I was doing a year ago, but instead of a couple hundred downloads, now there's a couple thousand downloads for every episode. And all we're doing is just being consistent, making that content. I knew when he invited me, I was like, oh, that's a perfect fit as far as it's fun and it could get me a lot more customers at a lot cheaper than what I'm currently paying for advertising. 
As far as attribution goes, the percentage of attribution for new business for you, would you say that you're seeing a shift in oh, uh, yeah? Yeah. big time yeah, shift? I mean, yeah. So I've pulled way back on my advertising mm. spend just because one, when you show someone an ad, there's immediate skepticism. Yeah. Immediate, like, oh, is, this a, is this a scam artist? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like they do all this research and there's always some level skepticism. <laughs> and uh, with a podcast, everyone's listening on headphones. So you're a little voice inside their head <laughs> for like an hour each week and they grow to love and trust you if you're providing value for yeah. them. And from an attribution standpoint, yeah, like I would say I'm probably over 50% of my business is from the podcast at this point. Yeah, that's great. So yeah, I mean, it was just like a, it's a lot more fun podcasting to get customers than it is spending thousands and thousands of dollars on a, hopefully I got all my AdWords, Facebook, Instagram settings <laughs> right. And I didn't like, I'm not like advertising towards people that would never hire me. One of the things that I love about podcasting, and I've been saying this for years, is on a marketing front or a business front, where as marketers, we're looking to connect on a human level with our customers in some way. And this is yeah. right now, in my opinion, one of the best ways to do that. You're having a conversation with people. You're having a conversation oh, yeah. with your audience. You're building episodes off of the feedback you're getting from them. And it, it's just a great way to connect with your potential buyers. Oh, totally. Well, and the big thing there is you look at content creation is sort of the most important newest front in business and in business marketing. And the thing that's amazing about it is you're not going to get, let's say you go to YouTube, you're going to build great relationships if you make great content on YouTube, but no one's going to watch your video for an hour. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> that's wild. But if someone's like working out or on their commute to work or they're doing the type of work where they can listen to something in the background and they put your podcast on, yep. you're right there with them. You know, you're talking about, we hear all the time from people, they're like, oh yeah, I binged. <laughs> I found your podcast two weeks ago and we've been binging your episodes. So you've spent what, five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 hours yeah. with me? Yeah, that's crazy. I, but I wasn't there. For <laughs> and so, yeah, it's wild. The level of trust one, the level of trust from the new customers that I get through the podcast is incredible. I don't have to like convince them of anything. They just like show up and are ready to hire me. And the other thing is there's so much more fun to talk to. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm not like answering skeptical questions. Yep. I'm interacting with them and building a relationship. You know, when we do like our phone call before a project or emails or whatever. And uh, it's, it's freaking great, man. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. You're, er you've already established that trust via the show yeah, and you're establishing yeah. yourself as a thought leader within the industry. So those, those Absolutely. That skepticism is completely gone. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. Well, and an important component with that is I think it's really, really important, not just in life and in business, but in, especially in podcasting to not pretend to be something you aren't. Yeah. Is that when you're doing a podcast with somebody, if you're just being honest and open and you're being who you are, you're just letting you know your guard down and just finding something that you nerd out about a little bit to talk about. And you're not, you know, like, hi, my name is Chris and uh, I'm Randall, <laughs> business and home studio. Uh, yeah. That doesn't really work on a podcast. Nobody wants to listen to that. They want to listen to real people. Yeah. And so you just act like yourself. And if you do that and you're honest, people get used to that. I like to say, People aren't very good at telling if someone's lying, but they're really good at telling if someone's telling the truth. Yeah, that's great. Just be honest. Just be honest and open and be yourself. And if you find something that's nerdy that you love to talk about that your customers want to learn more about or are interested in, that's a natural fit. Yeah. And we talked about that human element earlier, connecting with people 
on a personal level, that's the best way to do it. And yeah. if you're just telling the truth and being yourself. So yeah, definitely. Totally. So you, you, um, you've actually recently hit the one year mark. You guys have been publishing podcasts for a little over a year now. Uh, congratulations. That's a nice yeah. little milestone for you. Thank you. Um, if you were, let's say to do this all over again, let's say you're starting a brand new podcast tomorrow. What are some of the things that you would do over again or watch out for? Or if you were to do it all over again, what would you do differently mm. when launching your new podcast? That's a great question. There's a couple of things. Um, first of all is having a podcast checklist. Every time we record, we've got about 15 items where we literally go down I'll read you some of them here real quick. Cool. But having a checklist so that you're sure that all the technical stuff has been removed, that there's no interruptions and that you can just get in a flow state and, and talk yeah. and not be like, oh, shoot, hold on. I forgot to let the dog out. <laughs> that sort of stuff really kills the vibe and it makes it difficult to be consistent. And consistency really is the most important thing. I For think. sure. People need to know, hey, every Wednesday at 4 p.m., this podcast is going to drop or a new episode is going to drop. So our checklist is, this is, you know, sort of boring, but I'm a systems guy here. But the first item on my checklist is actually check these things off. So I check that. And then the next one is new session file. And then there's the way we name our files. The session files, the software we use to actually record our audio. Uh, the next one's all devices on doing a disturb and so on and so forth. So we literally go down a list and get to the point where we're like, okay, cool. The red light is blinking. We're recording. We're sure we're ready. Our devices are on do not disturb. We're ready to be present, to be fully present while we're recording. And by doing that, it was a little challenging when we first started out to get to the get to a spot where we're like comfortable and can just be ourselves. Yeah. And the checklist was just so powerful, a pre-flight checklist, if you will, to be like, all right, wheels up, we're ready to go. And we can just be ourselves for an hour or two and not have to worry about anything else. Yeah, that's great. That's great advice. And it's funny coming from you guys, you know, you have this checklist and you're using it in practice. I actually work with non-technical. I mean, you guys are in the audio space. This is what you do every day. I work with corporations mm. who are not audio engineers. They don't know the difference between a microphone and a preamp and all that stuff. So I had to put together a checklist for them. Yeah. And it's, I mean, a lot of the stuff that's on your checklist is also on my checklist mm. and you guys do this every day. So I think it's a testament. This is stuff you're aware of already. You probably don't need a checklist for it, but you have it there and it's just physically checking that stuff off. I think you, you guys had an episode recently where you were talking about it's just something that your brain doesn't need to focus on anymore because you have this checklist. Yeah. It's almost like a no-brainer. You don't have to think about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm continually amazed at, uh, you, you mentioned just a second ago, you probably don't need the checklist anymore. And that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> we need it so bad. And you get used to it when you, you get used to having to need it. If you're doing the same thing each week of like, hey, we got a two hour meeting where we're recording a podcast, like if you do it every week, you really quickly recognize the importance of it. And that's why that number one thing on my checklist is actually check these things off because <laughs> I'll be like, oh, I got this. I got this. I got this. And then like we're recording. There's a magic moment. Oh, my phone rang because uh, I didn't check that off on the checklist. <laughs> so there's a great, great book called The Checklist Manifesto by this guy Atul Gawande. And I'm sure I butchered his name, but. It was uh, on the New York Times bestseller list a couple years ago, but it's this idea that airplane pilots have a pre-flight checklist. But up until recently, surgeons didn't have a pre-surgery checklist. And there were just all these nightmare, like, oh, amputated the wrong appendage. <laughs> Sorry. Whoops. All this, yeah, all this stuff that could be solved by a checklist. And something like podcasting can be 
intimidating, a little bit less intimidating than surgery or flying an airplane. (laughs) But still, like if you want to get authentic, great content and really feel free to be who you are, you have to eliminate the possibility of all this stuff. So we have a checklist open in front of me every single time, every minute that we record, um, just to make sure that that we're consistent. That's great. And I think that's what separates the hobbyist from the quote unquote professional yeah. podcaster is uh, you talked about being a system. What, what, what would you call it? Systems. You're very systems focused. I'm, I'm a systems guy. Yeah. Systems guy. Yeah. Love so it. yeah, that, that stuff really does separate the hobbyist from the professional. Yeah. So that, that's great. Yeah, no. So while we're on the topic of if you were to start over again. Yeah. The meat of this episode really is, all right, we want to launch a new podcast. Well, I don't know the first thing about launching a podcast. What are some of the things that I need to think about before launching a podcast? What am I thinking about audience? What distribution channel should I be using? Do I have a website? Mm. Do I need recording gear? Should I hire somebody? You know, all this kind of stuff. Out of all of these things, which can be extremely overwhelming to a new podcaster, what would you say three pivotal things that you have to have down before you launch your very first episode and you start your podcast series? Well, yeah. So let's start from the top. First and foremost, you have to be adding value to your listeners. They have to come away and either feel encouraged or inspired or that they learn something new or that they're more informed. I would say those are the four things. That's great. They have to get one or multiple of those or they won't listen. And it's also got to be something that they look forward to. So I think it's probably better to have shorter episodes, episodes yeah. than longer yeah. episodes. You want them to end the episode thinking, wow, I can't wait for next week. So I would say that. I would say another kind of high-level concept here is that the technology needs to fade into the background because if you're not consistent, it will never work. You have to launch, at least that's my opinion, you have to have a predictable, hey, we drop it. You know, for us, it's Tuesdays at 6 a.m., I think. <laughs> I, I don't actually push yeah. the public button, Brian does. But that consistency is, is the only way to build an audience that I'm aware of. Oh, yeah. And it also demonstrates that you're a real grown-up and that you consistently launch each week. And that also, that's good for your business because it demonstrates dependability. Like, oh, wow, they've, re- they've released every week for 50 weeks in a row? Wow, that's great. Yeah. So that's important. I'm kind of all over the map here, so I apologize for that. But No, this is great stuff. I think having the right technology so that podcasting is easy is probably the most important thing. So making sure that you've got either a guy or a girl that you're working with that can man the technology for sure, or just having technology that's simple enough that makes it easy to make a podcast. If it's easy to make a podcast, you have a shot at being consistent. If you're consistent, you have a shot at growing your audience. Yeah. Um, But again, this all comes back to you have to be adding value. Your audience has to be like, wow, I didn't know that. Or, oh my gosh, I'm inspired. Or, wow, I'm whatever. I'm, you know, I'm encouraged. I'm inspired. I'm informed. It's got to be one of these things or they won't come back for more. And that's the real beauty of the podcast is when you get somebody that's like, yeah, it's part of my week that I listen to this podcast. They're going to be a little easier to sell to in the future. For sure. I think what's really interesting is uh, what you're touching on here is really know your audience. You need to identify your audience ahead of time, know what their pain points are, and then speak to those pain points and offer the solutions and the value 
that will make their lives easier, whether it's, uh, you know, a business podcast or a technical podcast or, yeah. you know, that's one of the key cores that I talk about constantly. So that's great. Yeah. Well, and another piece that kind of, that inspires me. Um, <laughs> another piece of that is not only does the concept of the podcast need to add value to your target audience, the titles of each episode have to be on point. You cannot have a great podcast with great episodes and bad episode titles. Doesn't work because the way you got to think about if you're trying to find a new podcast, you're going to open up the app, you're going to scroll through, you're going to find a podcast with a description that sounds interesting and artwork that looks professional. And then you're going to look at the episode titles and pick what's the first episode I'm going to listen to. And those episode titles have got to pop. They got to be short to the point. They got to be punchy. Uh, we had a recent episode um, called uh, What Recording Studio Owners Can Learn from Drug Dealers. I'm, I listened to that episode. That's a great episode. <laughs> Thanks, man. So like a title like that, not to like pat myself in the back here, is punchy. Yeah. I've, I've like, oh, that seems maybe a little possibly offensive. Yeah, yeah. And I'm curious, like I think the the what and the hows and the whys in your titles to engage curiosity so that they're like, oh, I feel like there's a gap in my knowledge and this episode might fill that gap in my knowledge. I think when that happens, you get people to click because all of this comes down to, first and foremost, do people get to the podcast page in the app? And then secondly, did they click on an episode? Yep. That's it. That's the, that's the funnel that they come in. And if you don't nail that, good luck. Yep. Like you can't have this super weird, like 10 word episode title that gets cut off by iTunes on your iPhone, <laughs> by the way, and expect people to click and download. I think that that actually segues into uh, the next topic that I, I wanted to discuss with you beautifully. Mm. And that's, you know, once you have your podcast series nailed down, now I, I have to fill all these episodes. I got 10 episodes in a season or, or whatever it is. Maybe it's just a perpetual series where we're just posting episodes or publishing episodes every week. Where are all these ideas coming from? How do we find topics that resonate with our audience? And then ultimately pull them in with those snappy titles that you're talking about. Yeah. Do you start with a title? Do you start with, you know, I know that there are podcasters out there that will start with a very broad, high level topic title and then build an episode off of that. And then there are other people who will start sort of a little more granular and will build from there. And then at the end of the process, come up with their title. Yeah. So how, how do you work with ideation? How do you develop topics that will resonate with the audience? And then how do you ultimately land on that snappy title that's really going to draw them in? That's a great question. And honestly, like thinking about myself over a year ago before we launched the podcast, that would be, that's a question I would have wanted an answer to. <laughs> and we didn't figure that out initially. We just sort of worked our way through it. And first and foremost, we found a process that works for us. You got to find your audience. Then you got to find your topic. Then you have to find your episode titles and whatnot. But the most important thing after you got, you know, audience and topic, like how you're going to add value is your process. How can you get in a process where you can come up with these titles, where you can come up with these episodes, where you can record, where you can publish, et cetera, et cetera. But I think for me, my process is I am obsessed with the notes app in my iPhone. There's gotta be a thousand pages of notes <laughs> in there at least. You got me beat. And 
uh, it's like the center of my universe. And you can do folders within the Notes app. And whatever app you're using, you can use any sort of app uh, that does notes on your phone. Yeah, I think there's Evernote. Yeah. There's uh, Tre Trello yep. is another one. There's tons of stuff, yeah. Yeah, so what I do is I have a folder specifically for the podcast. And within that folder, let me actually pull it up so I can see it here. Within that folder, I have the first one on the list is there's a little emoji present and it says new episode ideas. That document is all new episode ideas. And I put the little emoji in there so that it will always alphabetically come first. Emojis are like way way top, before yeah. A in the alphabet, apparently. <laughs> so I use the little checklist feature on there. You can add like a little circle with a check mark that you can check it off. And I just come up with yep. ideas and I put them in there throughout my week. And inevitably what that looks like is I'm talking to a client and they say something and I say, oh, uh, in my experience, that's something a lot of clients struggle with. Okay, that's a great idea for an episode. Or talking with a, you know, somebody else in my industry. I'm just constantly sort of in the back of my head. I've got that. I need to find episode ideas. And inevitably what I'll do is I'll write them all down. And I feel very blessed in that I have an easy time making up a lot of ideas. So like we record one episode per probably five or six or seven ideas. And so I, I think that's probably on the, the very high end. You really only need one idea per episode. But if you're coming up with five or six or seven or 10 or whatever, you can bounce those ideas off your team members and get their feedback. And basically what we're looking for is we get everything set up. We're ready to record. I read off ideas. Brian says, oh gosh, yes, that one. We, we record the idea we're the most excited about. Not necessarily the best idea, but the most excited to talk about that day. We record the episode and then after we finish the episode, we kind of come up with a punchy title that goes along. So just the last couple ideas uh, I had in my list were Google Analytics. It's just an entry that I had for an episode idea. We should do an episode on Google Analytics and how powerful it is to be able to measure your website traffic and the different metrics that are important to look at. Another one was uh, The Weakness of Willpower. Uh, I'm reading this book called The One Thing and he talks about what we're talking about, this idea of, well, it's a little bit different, but focus over willpower. So that's an idea. So I'm just like, these are really short, just absolutely minimal, like three, four, five word ideas. Then we record. And then Brian usually proposes a bunch of title ideas. Yep. And then we'll usually modify them a little bit, send them back, and then we'll eventually land on the one that feels the most magical. <laughs> so... It seems weird, but like a lot of this, when you're dealing with content creation, I think it, there's a lot of gut. Oh yeah, for sure. That goes into yep. it. That you're just like, oh, I feel that one in my gut. That's the episode title you should choose. That's great. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it could be content for the most uncreative industry out there. At the end of the day, content creation is a creative activity. Yeah. And it is a creative art to catch the attention of your target audience. I actually draw similarities in, in, you know, as an engineer or a mixer, I always say uh, it's not to me what sounds better. It's what feels better. Right. Yeah. So, totally. yeah. So that's, that's kind of the same deal here is th there could be a better title out there, but this one just feels better. You know? Yeah. Trusting your gut is probably the best way to go. Yeah. There is one other thing I do want to touch on uh, before yeah. we go on. You actually, in the in the very beginning stages, you were talking about speaking to 
your clients and just your everyday operations, you're speaking to your clients. So you're kind of on the front line there. So you have this sort of source of inspiration for yeah. episodes, which is great. That's a great position to be in. And I think it's worth noting that for corporations that are looking to dabble in podcasting, it's probably a good idea to, you know, the people who are uh, coming up with these podcast episodes or content creation for bigger corporations, they're not on the front lines. And I think it's mm. important for them to go to the people that are on the front lines. And that's where you're going to grab some interesting topics. I completely fervently agree with you <laughs> on that. So my advice, like if somebody came to me and said, hey, we've got 470 employees, we're thinking about creating a podcast because no one has done it yet. In our industry, we think we can be number one and really demonstrate our expertise here. What would you say to me? I would say first and foremost, look at your team and find people that are on the front lines or at least were very, very recently on the front lines with customers. Yep. And my advice would be look for that employee that is attention grabbing, that when he walks into a room that he's he or she is funnier, <laughs> he or she is like people like them yep. because podcasting isn't about necessarily professionalism. It's about liking. For sure. It's about, you know, you, you hear someone's voice and you say, oh, wow, that, that person's cool. I like them. Uh, I would listen to them for an hour. So I think they're probably, this is my hunch, is that for most companies that are thinking about doing this, that's sort of a, uh, not a census, but like an audit of who would be good on this podcast. Don't just pick the top people. Yep. What got them to the top is a certain type of competency and that competency won't necessarily 100% translate to building a great podcast. It might be 11th best sales guy, might be your number one podcast guy. That's really interesting. That's that, and that's great advice. I, I think that it all comes down again to that human element and people are inviting you into their room or as you put it, into their head, in the middle of their yeah. head every week. You want somebody that they can relate to and that they like. So that's yeah. great advice. Yeah, so I think you started kind of going into it, but now that we have our topic, actually, we should probably backtrack a little bit. You have your topic. How are you fleshing that topic out? I mean, the Six Figure Home Studio podcast is really conversational. Yeah. I love that. I, I, when we start getting a little too produced, it starts to sound a little less human. And I think that's a great theme for this episode. We're talking about that yeah. human element. So you guys keep it really conversational, which is great. I'm guessing there's not a script. That's going to be the uh, the obvious yeah. guess. Yeah, there's um, no script. But I'm sure that you guys are following some sort of outline or something along those lines, maybe the checklist that you're talking about. So why don't you talk about how you guys take this, hey, here's a great idea on my note in Apple. How do you flesh that out into a full episode? Oh, that's a great question. So what, what we do, and this is just our process, again, you know, to my previous point, coming up with a process is way more important than, than almost anything else. Like yeah. it's a, about being able to consistently create. Our process is we come up with a list of ideas. We talk about probably five or six or seven of them before we record an episode. One of them jumps out at us. We open a Google Doc and our goal is five items on an outline. Not six, not seven, five. Consistency. And yeah, we often struggle with that. But the most important thing with a podcast episode is that it has a clear point. And if it's like, oh, we hit like seven different stream of, th of consciousness, not really related ideas, that's not consistent enough. That's not clear enough. Yep. People won't subscribe to that unless you're just profoundly interesting or funny. 
so for us, yeah, like we open a Google Doc and we try to flesh out the least complicated, most simple outline you can have. So I think for some people it would be like, okay, I'm going to write 900 words about what this episode's going to be about. That's not a good yeah. idea, in my opinion anyways. If it's just you by yourself, like it's you're you're the only person on the podcast, maybe that that's a good idea. Um, but the conversation I think is an easier way to make a podcast, to find two people that talk and that play off each other well and to get a general outline yep. of like beginning, middle and end and just work your way through it. So I think simplicity is always best. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. There are times where a script is going to be necessary. I think you kind of hit it with if you're the only one on the podcast, a script might help. Yeah. I still sort of like to lean in the way of an outline because again, it just sounds more human when you're just talking. You're just being yeah. yourself and you're talking. But an outline is a great way to stay on topic, kind of guide you throughout the conversation so that you can actually arrive at your ending, you yeah. know, which is incredibly important because I don't know about you. I love to take tangents and I'm all yeah. over the place. Oh, so. I'm the worst. <laughs> well, I think here's one tangent with that. Speaking of tangents, <laughs> I've got this theory that since the dawn of capitalism, since the dawn of money, really only two things have ever been for sale. One is value. It's what you're actually selling. Does it do the thing that it's supposed to do? Or, you know, if it's bread that you're selling, can you eat it without dying? That's obviously you have to check that box. But number two is trust. Nobody buys something from someone they don't trust. That's great. And that's where the podcast is so interesting is that you have an opportunity to build trust and you don't do that by just dryly reading a script. Yeah. You do that by demonstrating, hey, I'm a human, you're a human let's just be humans together, man. And like, it's, it's sort of a hippy dippy outlook, but I really don't think at base psychology that anyone says, Hmm, you know, podcast number one had a more professional tone and seemed to, it sounded like a commercial the entire time. Yeah. Like, I don't think that sells. I agree. And I, I also think that it's in, I mean, this goes beyond podcasting. It just goes with content marketing in general, where if this white paper or ebook or, you know, whatever it is, might sound more professional, but did it actually resonate with your audience? Is it yeah. hitting the pain point that your audience is showing you week in and week out? Th these are my pain points. Are you adding value to them? Are you generating trust with your brand with any content marketing, whether it be podcasting or, or anything else? So yeah, that's great. That's great uh, overview advice, I think. Awesome. Well, Chris, thank you so much. I do have two more questions for you. I just, where are we seeing the Six Figure Home Studio podcast going now that we've eclipsed a year of publishing? What is up next for the podcast? Yeah, that's a good question. So one of the things that's been very surprising to us is we've started to have companies reach out to us and flirt with us for sponsorship. Very cool. And even offer us free stuff which is a dream come true. <laughs> All I want is for someone to be like, hey, would you like a free pair of headphones? Did or, you say free? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I will certainly, yeah, I will completely sell out if you send me <laughs> any free stuff. I'll mention yeah. it on the podcast. So I think we're trying to figure out the sponsorship thing. The other thing that's amazing about podcasting is that once you develop some traction and an audience, people want to be on the show. Yeah. And all of a sudden you can start to reach out to heavy hitters and they'll say yes to a conversation. With yeah, you. that's great. 
And that's been really fun. And it's something we want to lean into of continuing to reach out to people that are heavy hitters, not only in our industry, but also as far as marketing, as far as like people that have been really successful uh, in our industry, but then have used that success to leverage it into other industries. So basically the next step for the podcast is to get as much free business coaching and mentorship as possible. That's great. I think in a world where the the industry is in, in the music industry now coming up as an audio professional, this is a resource I wish I had 10 years ago. So that's mm. fantastic that, you know, you guys are looking to take the next step with that. I think mentorship is a huge thing. And again, it's something I didn't have growing up and, and getting into the industry. I just had to kind of find my own way. I yeah. still, and I still sort of am, but at the same time, it, it's just, th this wasn't available back then. And I think it's such a great thing that you guys are doing. So thank Thanks, you. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, it's absolutely our pleasure. I, I have fun. It never feels like work. <laughs> and that's the most important thing. I mean, if it's not fun and you're still doing it, how could you be real and be, yeah. be that human? Well, let me take another rabbit trail on that. Yeah. So there's a great story about Henry Ford, obviously of Ford fame. And when they were making Model Ts, they would make the Model Ts, a lot of it out of wood. And inevitably they'd have a lot of leftover wood. And so they just had piles and piles and piles of scrap wood up in Detroit at the factory. And one day somebody, I don't know who it was, it was probably Henry Ford himself, had an idea. And he said, well, what if we took all that scrap wood and we turned it into charcoal. Then we could sell the charcoal and actually make some money off our waste. And what should we call it? How about Kingsford? Biggest charcoal company to this day hmm. was started selling the waste of the Ford factory. Now, the application for that, I mean, you guys probably see where I'm going with this, is that you have conversations with coworkers or with customers that are waste. It's good. It's just the two of you. But if you recorded that and then pushed it out, it might all of a sudden be something really valuable. And that's where I think podcasting is so interesting is that you have all this knowledge and these great conversations and this insight that's just not really providing yeah. you any value that if you record it and publish it, who knows, you might be the next big podcast in your industry. Wow. That's beautiful. That's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a great metaphor. I love that. So great stuff, man. Again, awesome. Thank you so much, Chris, for being on uh, the podcast and um, we'll see you soon. And there you go. In typical Chris Graham fashion, he's dropping some Henry Ford wisdom and drawing metaphors to the podcasting world. Excellent stuff. So I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I probably should have mentioned that this uh, interview was actually recorded almost a year ago now. So they're actually approaching their two-year anniversary for uh, publishing the Six Figure Home Studio podcast. So congratulations to them. If you're looking for more episodes of the Podcast Insider, you can head to deveniopodcasts.com where you'll find episode one. And we'll be releasing a new episode every month. So make sure you subscribe. If you have any questions or comments on today's episode, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me at devin at deveniopodcasts.com. And until next time, happy podcasting. <laughs>